All right, we've got a great podcast episode for you today. We're going to be talking with Manuel Bruchia, the CEO of TimeEuler.com. Uh, this is a really cool device that I started using, I believe, about a month, maybe two months ago. Uh, in the show notes, you can find the link uh, to how I'm using that with the ideas behind Clockwork, a book by Mike Michalowicz. But back to Manuel, uh, this was a great conversation. I literally just got off uh, the call and recorded this intro because I was really excited after talking to him. He has some great ideas about building remote teams. Uh, why he's done that, and it was by design, uh, as well as a great idea for how he does his onboarding. Uh, don't want to spoil that. I'll leave that uh, for you to listen to, but we cover a lot of ground, some really great ideas, uh, had a great time, and I think you're going to really, really enjoy this interview. Hey, everyone. I'm Adam Moody, and today I'm talking with Manuel Bruchia about his background, his business, Timeular, and the use of automation and team building in today's world and how it can help you, whether you're on your own, leading a large team, or somewhere in between. So with that, uh, we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, welcome, Manuel. Yeah. Hey, Adam. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I just want to start everyone on the same page. So uh, I'm just going to ask you, but guess in your own words, for a little bit about your background and experience um, I guess just so we can kind of get on the same page and understand a little bit more about who you are and where you're coming from. Okay. So I will ju- just mention the professional experience because I think we will dive into other topics maybe later on. So I worked as a web developer for quite a long time to pay my bills and to pay my studies at the university. So I started computer science and there I always had to like to track my time and I tried all the solutions out there and I figured out, yeah, uh, actually there are many great software solutions out there, but yeah, I still don't use them. Ask myself why. And so I came up with the idea of Timeler, uh, started doing that with, uh, my, uh, yeah, actually one of my best friends from childhood. And yeah, we had actually a pretty good start uh, with the company and now three years or well, uh, four years in, we ha- have a um, team of 17 people uh, spread across almost the whole globe. And yeah, that's now I, I, I don't get into coding a lot anymore or <laughs> not as much as I would uh, want to. Yeah. But yeah, it's fine. So I, I, I spend more time on the CEO stuff. So. Gotcha. Uh, and just so you, so, and I know this, but just so everyone knows, you're the CEO of uh, the business. When you founded or started it, uh, was it just kind of a project or did you immediately kind of jump into that, that role of being a CEO type or actual literal CEO? Well, um, <laughs> so I had the idea and I started immediately to build a prototype. So having been a computer scientist, I yeah could do that pretty easily on my own. So within two days, I had like a prototype. And then I showed it uh, full, yeah, full of proudness to all my colleagues. And I was like, hey, do you want this cube? And you can turn it and then it tracks your time. And they were all like, oh, shit, I want this. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, yeah, but I, I don't need the nice words. Would you give me 50 bucks right now if I would uh, give it to you? And they were like, eh, 50, I don't know, maybe 40, maybe, maybe 30. <laughs> but I, I, I knew, okay, they would give me money. That was the good sign for me. And so I knew, okay, I dropped immediately everything. Uh, so all my other projects and I knew, okay, I want to do this. I want to start this as a company. And my friend Manuel, uh, yeah, he joined pretty soon as well, full time. And in, in the beginning, we were basically doing everything. So we, so we were four founders back then. And everyone was trying to do everything we can because we had no money. We tried to bootstrap for one year. 
but yeah, having hardware, it was not that easy. Um, and we needed a lot of money to get the thing off the ground. So we did a crowdfunding campaign, Kickstarter, but everyone thinks like, yeah, Kickstarter, you just make a good video and then you post the video and then the money comes just on its own. But actually it was 10 months of intensive preparation and getting the word out before we actually launched the campaign. Good deal. But you guys were pretty successful. I forget the exact amount, but you guys yeah, so, did your goal, uh, right? Yeah, we actually got 400% funding and over $300,000. Okay. Uh, let's back up a minute too, because you talked about this right when we hopped on. Um, and I had a note because with a lot of products or services, you know, there's a an internal need um, kind of meshed with a customer's, you know, need, like you were asking your coworkers. Um, and so you talked about, you know, having to track your own time, but where did, how did you go from, I need to track my time to, hey, I think I could make this device that, you know, people can flip around and, and more easily track their time. Like what, what happened there? Well, um, back then, it was really a necessity to track my hours where in detail because I built by the hour. Okay. So not being able to track all the hours uh, and trying to figure it out at the end of the week was always like, okay, I'm losing money here. Um, and yeah, then I thought, yeah, why am I not tracking? And I thought, yes, even though most apps just require one click already, like going there, opening the app and hitting the button, it's already too big friction to track my time in detail. And so I thought, okay, I need something physical here. But what I didn't knew back then was like, so I was always like a very much, um, yeah, I cared always a lot about my free time. So mm -hmm. I was playing, doing a lot of sports. I spent a lot of time with my friends. And that was always super important for me. And work was always like, first, I have to take care of myself and of my happiness, and then comes work. But obviously, work is very important. And what I knew, or what I didn't knew back then is like, I myself already optimized my time a lot. But uh trying to help many people to actually track their time better, I realized that many people don't have this, what I have or what I always had in me. So this really time management and not putting work above everything. And I saw this a uh, much bigger opportunity, like not just help the people to track their time, but actually to understand where it goes and to improve how they actually spend their time so they can increase the quality of the time they have. Because in the end, it's not, so not sky is the limit, I always say, but time is the actual limit you have in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I, I think, I'm sure there's more than two sides to this, but the two that immediately come to mind, like you're talking about is understanding where your time is actually going. And just the sense that, like you were saying, if you get to the end of the week and you're like, and somebody asks you, hey, write down just to maybe even by the hour, not even 15 minutes or 30 minutes, yeah. what you've done for the past week, nobody could do that. Like Nobody. it's impossible. Yeah. And so I think for a lot of people, that's the first step of time tracking is really understanding where your time's going. And then the second part of that is um, either improving, optimizing, or just using that tracking for something, whether it's hourly billing, improving your you know efficiency. So you can say, Hey, I only want to work five hours, but I just want to be really productive and then go do the rest of my life. So yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. But, so how we envision this right now is like, yeah, um, actually do it for yourself, track the time for yourself to understand and improve it. And the timesheet just becomes a side result of the whole thing. So it's just a nice to have that you get done by the way. 
Yeah, and I'm, I've got to know, I bet I could have, hopefully, maybe I could have looked this up. So uh, everyone can't see this, but I'm holding this uh, in my hand. I've got the Timular device. It's an eight-sided, and I'll include a picture of this, and I've talked about it before, but how did you, how did this, like, actual physical design come about? Was there different iterations? I, this is one of those, I'm, it's going to keep me up at night now that I've thought about it. <laughs> so we, we started, actually, with a six-sided cube. Mm -hmm. um, and then over time, we said, okay, six sides, that's actually, yeah, not enough. Mm. Uh, people always ask for more sides. Actually, many people ask for a D10 or D20 or D50. Oh but, but, we, but we kind of try to find the sweet spot between all of those things where you don't spend too much time fidgeting around, find the right side, and, uh, but still are, you are able to track most of the important things that you actually need to track. Gotcha. And so that's how the design, the eight sides came up. Yeah, I was interested if there was something behind that, or I assume that's kind of like what you said, you iterate and uh, go with that. Yeah, I think a D20 or something would just be insane. You probably have this like soccer yeah. ball size thing. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's cool. So, uh, you know, you talked about physical activity being important. I'm a big fan of that. Um, you know, uh, uh, from my personal experience, um, I've been in the military. I got out, I got lazy, I've gained weight. Um, you know, back and forth. And then over the last 10 or so years of really, uh, I got into trail running. And for me, that was okay, what great. really did it. And it's made such a big difference to my productivity as well as just clearly my health. Uh, but how about you? I mean, you mentioned uh, we were talking about you playing rugby and you liking, you know, saying I got to take care of myself first. Like, like, can we talk about that some more? Yeah, 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 sure we can. So the first thing for me is always like sleep is always very important. So I really try to so I don't sleep a lot but I all never had really an issue or with sleeping wherever I am mm -hmm. so I al always had good sleep but I always needed those at least six seven hours of sleep so I always tried to have those whatever si yeah since childhood I don't know actually why but I always knew okay this is important to me um, and then it's like um, sports ac uh, activity wise I grew up on the land side, so we actually had probably more cows and sheep in our town than people. <laughs> and so we, between the mountains, the nice Alps, the Dolomites, so it's really great there. So I always went up climbing mountains and hiking. And so from the childhood, I was always like a nature guy. Mm. Um, but I went to study to the city, didn't quite knew what to do there. Um, tried many different things and ended up playing rugby because I really liked to yeah, the, the mix of, of the sport and especially like the values of rugby because for one example is like um, when you play rugby, you don't try to talk with the referee. So you don't try to argue with them. If, if, they, if it's their decision, then yeah, you just accept it, you move on and then you try to make the best out of the situation. I think that's something which is really missing today in mm -hmm. sports or in many sports, especially uh, soccer. Um, yeah, that just came to mind. I, I don't watch a lot, yeah. but yeah, you see the uh, the drama that goes on. Yeah, yeah, we, we in Europe, we have that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, yeah, and as well, like the uh, physicity, um, yeah, the fitness you have to have, because it's quite a mix between strengths, velocity. Uh, it's very in, yeah, high intensity for 80 minutes. And yeah, I, I really love that. Yeah, that's a big one. And how do you feel about that in terms of affecting your, um, 
you know, I guess you, you, the time when you're being productive, I'm going to ask you some more questions about that and yeah. how you organize it, but do you feel it has a pretty high impact? Yeah, definitely. So, um, uh, now I don't get to play rugby anymore, but I still, when I see, okay, my energy level is getting down or my productivity is not as much as I would like it to be, or, um, the folk I'm losing focus easily. I know, okay, now it's time to do something differently, really to break the wheel and not try whatever to do to work better somehow, but really break the wheel by doing something which is like a physical activity. So I try to go for a walk or for a run or as well, even take two hours off during the day because I know, okay, if I spend those two hours after having done this physical activity, I will be much, much, much more productive. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm a big fan and it comes up again and again and I'm, I'm happy to hear it. So many people enjoy walking and I think that that becomes a, um, you know, certainly there's the getting into the exercise side of things, you know, you need the cardio, the higher heart rate yeah. stuff, but at the same time, that non high impact activity, I think is good. And most people I talk to also value it because it's that time when they can just do kind of let their brain uh, go and yeah, totally. those really diffuse thoughts and come to those conclusions and things like that. So yeah. it, you just have to look back at history. All the great minds spent a lot of time just walking around and thinking about stuff. And so some days if I have a bad feeling of going for a walk, then I try to compensate that somehow by giving myself a question I have to figure out or a problem I have to solve. And I try to solve this while walking and actually many good ideas have came from those walks. That's good. And I'm curious because this is something I've found myself doing and I think it's a mental exercise and the answer is probably going to be something along the lines of it. You just work on it, but I'll go out and I find myself really mentally meandering and, you know, I'll end up thinking and I'll have to bring myself back a little bit. But when you set yourself something to solve, do you, how do you go about that while you're walking? Do you find yourself going really off topic and just remind yourself kind of like meditating to come back or? Um, I, I, I'm very careful about, the route I'm going to walk. So I try to go somewhere where there is not a lot of distraction, mm -hmm. especially not many humans or things going on or sounds or whatever. So I'm really sensitive to sounds and, but I can turn off really easily sounds by of nature. So I try to go for a walk into the woods. So that's my strategy because then I get, don't get distracted so quickly. And then what I realized is as well, the pace you walk, if you find yourself, you can't get any uh, thoughts together anymore. Just try to slow down a little bit because mm -hmm. then you're probably walking too fast. Yeah, it makes but, sense. That's funny. I think about that sometimes when I'm running, um, I'm sure other people do this, but I'll, I just get like on mental loops where when I'm running, yeah. I either think, you know, it's a piece of a song or something, but I, yeah. I can't think I'm more focused on, you know, just moving. So. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I had a, a great guest on a couple months ago, Ben Gelb. Uh, he was talking about this. He actually uses uh, walks to, yeah. uh, he'll let people schedule a walk with him if they're local. <laughs> and he said it's not only good because, you know, you get that um, kind of mental clarity, but also he's like, it, it limits, you know, the amount of time. We're going to go on a 90 minute walk. And also that people found it less, or they were more open, I guess he felt, because some people don't like the, you know, sitting face to face. And he's like, they feel more comfortable walking, which I was like, that's a, really really good idea yeah true uh, i i as well tried to have meetings while walking but i've seen okay that's not so productive because most of the times i need something to watch after something on my screen or so that makes sense yeah 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. It sounds good. I think it's one you have to kind of plan for or it's a specific, you know, maybe not like yeah. a brainstorming or maybe a brainstorming session would be the yeah. one. I don't know. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, let's say, so uh, kind of circling back here, um, you know, you made Timeular, you solved your own problem. You also helped out clearly customers like myself. I love it. Um, but I want to know, you know, as you being CEO of Timeular, I think people would enjoy this. Like, what do you do in your own time management that goes beyond kind of the current abilities of Timeular? Um, yeah. management. Okay, so um, the, the main thing I do is time boxing. Mm. So my routine is always like in the morning thinking about what are the most important things I need to get done today and try to schedule and block time in my calendar for it. So this is something we don't um, yeah, provide you right now in our apps, but it's, it's a routine I highly recommend to everyone because what we, what, what most people do is like they make a checklist with to-dos, but there every, every to-do has the same space. But actually, if you think how much time every to-do requires you, they should be either bigger or smaller, and you should actually um, schedule time for it because then it's easy for other people to approach you and say, hey, can you take care of this? Yeah, sure, my calendar is empty. But in fact, if you look at your to-do list, which maybe is then in your calendar, you see, okay, actually, I don't really have time for that. And you can then say, okay, is this more important? Well, what I, what's coming in? Or is that what it's already my calendar more important? And then you can try to play Tetris in your calendar. Yeah, I think that, I totally agree. I think that's a good one. And it's funny that it took me a long time to get to that point where I had, you know, the same realization where it's like, Oh, well, yes, clearly I need to put this into a calendar because you know, that five minute task shouldn't have the same amount of space as, um, you yeah. know, coming up with a, de uh, designing the business, basically, you know, those times where you need to sit down and do some high level critical. Yeah. Totally. yeah. yeah. No, that's great. Um, how about do you, any reviews as far as, uh, either personal or business, do you operate on kind of like a 90 day schedule uh, yearly, monthly, what, how do you do, uh, tackle that? So um, I'm most, so we have, um, yeah, where should I start? So I'm just thinking uh, for, from where I should start. So uh, we have one North Star for the whole company, which is like getting to 10,000 active uh, pro users. Okay. And, and we break that down then to mon monthly goals or quarterly goals. But there are, it's not like, really we have really measurable clear goals so we just say every day try to do the most you can to get closer to that goal um and yeah from there we do reviews uh but not like to to point at people but more for the sake okay what can we learn from this so i'm always like i'm i never stop learning and i think everyone in our company never stops learning and we really try to take every possibility we have to learn either from our mistakes or from our customers. So we, um, yeah, we take feedback very seriously and try to get as much as we can. And, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, coming back to metrics. So, yeah. Um, or what, what we actually look like is like, yeah, those, that North Star. And that really helps me like as well with the time boxing. Um, because then I always can really easily wake off, okay, what's more important right now? Yeah, I can definitely back that up. I just, uh, this is really timely, which is nice. I uh, had a meeting with a, a group I'm in, and we were just giving updates on what uh, we've been up to over the last week. I talked about some of the planning we were doing. They said, well, you know, are you reviewing with your partners? 
what your uh, yearly and kind of longer term goals are. And I said, you know what? No, like we're doing that quarterly, but we're not uh, doing that regularly just because we felt like it was kind of redundant. But then we realized even though we do quarterly planning, we'd start to drift and drift because we yeah. weren't kind of aligning the, all the daily stuff with, okay, those are the big goals instead of, yeah. you know, getting down in the details. So yeah. I think that that's a good thing. Uh, so as far as setting goals and reviewing with people too, I believe, did you say that you have a fully remote team? Yes. Right. Okay. Definitely want to talk about this. So, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think there's so many questions here. Um, I guess the first question is, was this something you did by design or is it just kind of the way it worked out? No, it's really by design because I think if you want to build something great, you need great people. Mm -hmm. uh, and I knew that whatever uh, I wanted to build, it's going to change over time. But um, you, if you have the right people, that's not going to be a problem. And if they can adapt to the situation and learn. Um, and I knew wherever I'm going to uh, establish my company in Austria. So that's, you just think of it, it's like a country with, with 8 million people. Um, I will never be able to access such a, the talents that we need. Mm. And so I knew, okay, we need access to a broad pool of talents. And I knew, okay, we have to go remote. Gotcha. Um, and now how many, I guess, so you started with a, one partner, right? And then yeah. how many people do you have on the we team? We are 17 right now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what, how do you guys do that? What's the kind of the, the game plan? Do you guys do like a weekly stand up or how do you guys keep in touch and on the same page? Okay. So um, we are, what helped us a lot is like to structure ourselves into three teams where, okay. with each team uh, having like a clear responsibility. And so that team is always like talking a lot to each other. Um, so within the team and they have daily calls, weekly calls, they can organize themselves how they want. Um, what we do company-wide is like um, we on the, like, let's say management team have one weekly call and um, where we align ourselves. And then within the teams, we have one-on-ones, I think one every two to three weeks. And then what we do to like bring people from the different teams together, it's like having one monthly all hands in call yeah. and um we do as well like the we call them donuts which is like it's like a chat roulette so every week three people <laughs> randomly get put together and um <laughs> for a chat for a 30 minute chat and yeah, that really helps like to connect the yeah the people from the different teams and then we have like um uh, at the end of the week, everyone posts like one achievement and one learning from the week. And then we have, we use Slack to communicate and we are pretty careful how we use Slack because that can get messy really quickly, but we, we figured out how to use it productively. Oh, well, um, let's, uh, let's talk about that then. What, uh, I think people <laughs> will be interested. I know I am, I'm an avid user of Slack. What, what are yeah. some ideas like you have for people, like what can go wrong and then what could maybe they do right to help them use Slack better? Well, I, I think the, the biggest leverage uh, or the biggest productivity, productivity hack for Slack is like turn off the notifications, all of them, except when you get mentioned. Mm -hmm. And really uh, ask people to mention you if they really want you to read something. That's the first thing because then it gets quiet pretty quickly. Um, the second thing is like use threads. 
in the beginning, it's always hard for people to get into using threads. Um, mm -hmm. But if you, so how we did is like, uh, especially Manuel, my co-founder and I really enforced it by using them a lot. At, after some time, more and more people started using it. And so, yeah, it took us some time, but now everyone is using them pretty well. Uh, that's the second thing, about, because then it's easy for you to skim over a channel and to see, okay, interesting, not interesting, is interesting, not interesting. And the third thing is like, um, try to have fewer channels, because it's always easy to create a channel for everything, but then you end up with 100 channels and there's little going on in every channel, so we try to really have few of them. That's good. I think the threads idea, I mean, all of those are good ideas. I really like threads one. Yeah. That's one I'm going to have to start doing a little bit more. I'm bad about, yeah, reply, yeah, just replying. And then you just get, yeah, those walls of text where nothing yeah, really good. <laughs> so. Oh, and, and maybe a fourth thing. I almost uh -huh. forgot about it um, because many people, and that, that's funny, don't know about that functionality, but it's reminders, using Slack reminders. So yeah. if you hover a conversation and use on the right side, you have the three dots. You can just click on that and say, okay, remind me in one hour or in two hours. And I use that a lot like, okay, I can't read this now or I can't take care of this now, but remind me in three hours about this and I will take care. That's a good one. Yeah, that um, I also like using, It's sometimes it's easy, uh, but using the actual backslash remind command. Um, yeah. If I need to remind about an upcoming meeting or something, I'm not going to be there, but I want my input. So I'll use that a little bit. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see, last one I think of too, because I, I love sharing this with people is um, I did a uh, hooked up Zapier. So when I star yeah. a note, it goes into Todoist or somewhere else. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of like the remind me just so I can like, okay, yeah. it's important or it's, you know, I need to get to it, but not right now. And then I can move on. So Actually, that's a nice one. I didn't think if I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that one. Because, <laughs> yeah, that gets me out of there quick if I'm like, okay, this is important. I, I will forget this, but I don't want to deal with it. So. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. So uh, talked a little bit about the remote team, about the tools you're using. Um, is there anything as far as, you know, now that you've got 17, you, I realize you as CEO may not be totally involved in this, but uh, maybe you are. So onboarding, um, bringing people yeah. on. Um, you know, how did that go? Do you, do you uh, have kind of a, a process for this now or is it still, you know, just kind of a review with the management team and go from there? Yeah, well, uh, I still take care of the whole hiring hiring mm -hmm. process, but from the moment on where someone has signed a contract, uh, we choose an onboarding body within the company who will help you with the onboarding. Mm -hmm. Because for some, yeah, for some things, I'm not just the right guy to onboard someone. So it's they are better off, and so we have this like for three months more or less, where you have this onboarding body. You can ask him or her any question and if she or he can't answer it uh, you look it up in the playbook or you ask me gotcha that's really good and I, I don't know that i've ever heard that before i really really like that yeah. idea i'll have to uh, i'm gonna definitely take that and use that for my own team that's, that's <laughs> yeah, great and they so. probably feel much more comfortable like hey this is your person you, you know go to them ask yeah yes yeah, yeah. And it's always hard for people like uh, if if the ceo it's like the onboarding guy because <laughs> it, some people have still so even though you are very friendly and open you are still the ceo and so people hesitate often to ask you anything because they don't want to seem dumb yeah um which they don't but yeah somehow they think they do and so having someone else onboarding people has proven to be much more so people feel much more comfortable there 
that's good too. And I would think that that has like the dual benefit. Now that I think about it of that, whoever the buddy is, you know, it's helping yeah. them as well understand better how things work. Cause they may to tell someone else how something works or answer it. They have to really understand yeah. it. So yeah, that's, that's really cool. I love that. Um, okay. So I've got this on my mind, uh, switching gears a little bit back to, uh, kind of the actual using of Timeular. Um, so I read Clockwork by Mike McCallowitz, and then he's got this idea of kind of tracking time using the four Ds, which would be um, doing, deciding, delegating, and designing. Uh, but I'm just curious, have you heard about people, like are there other systems you hear about time and again, or just, I mean, I'm sure people use it in just a ton of different ways, but I'm just curious, is there stuff you hear about that you find interesting or you think is really good? Um, I, I heard many variations, but <laughs> I think the main one I can uh, share here is not try not to track 100% of your time. Mm -hmm. What we've seen uh, is working very well for most people. It's like first try to track the big chunks and then to jump into the details later on. So for example, in the beginning, people tend to like, oh, I need to track now all the detail things in to the last minute and um, yeah. Um, but having those eight sites, just try to figure out eight categories in the beginning. Um, so what are the main important ones and then have one side which is other and then you will see that you actually spend 80 90 percent of your time just on those things and the other and those are actually the things where you have the biggest leverage to improve things not the 10 percent the other because if you gonna if you go to improve those 10 percent things even by 50 percent you still won't get as much if you uh, improve the other things like by 10 percent and um, that's something that we see helps people a lot. So um, that's, that's my recommendation, actually. No, that's good. And yeah, we talked about this a little bit before we started. And I think that's so true. Uh, just coming from doing this manually um, on pen and paper. And actually, well, nobody else, uh, but you can see this. But I went back and did it uh, a couple <laughs> of days ago just to be like, oh, I want to get really granular again for a few days, really see what's yeah. popping up. Um, but now that I've, I've done that a few times, now that I'm using the Timeular device, it's no longer as needed. Whereas before I would try to do it once every couple months just to make sure that I'm not missing anything. And I agree. I think a lot of people get burned out on time tracking when they hear yeah. about this, like, oh, I can do this. But now I've got to write something down every five minutes. And it's, yeah, yeah, that's not, not going to work. Or just as a, to make an example, maybe to make it more clear, it's like I have two sides where one is like internal communication and one is external communication. So internal communication, it's meeting emails, whatever internally and Slack and external is like meeting calls, whatever externally. And if I see that one of those things takes up too much of my time, only then I start to dive deeper and try to figure out, okay, how much is Slack, how much is email, how much is meeting those things. But, you don't need to improve everything on day one. It's more first to get like the awareness about how is your time spread over all your activities. Definitely, I, I totally agree. And then iterating from there, like you said, it's, it's yeah. showing you the answer. Just by doing this, you're making yourself aware of where you can make those changes and then that just kind yeah. of snowballs over time. Yeah, totally. Cool. Um, so obviously you use uh, your own device. Uh, we've talked about Slack. Um, you know, people love hearing about this. Is there any other tools or apps or anything like that that you use on a regular basis? 
Um, yeah, so um, Zoom for calls. Um, I really like um, to use Trello for like organizing my work and uh, monitoring progress. And what I started using recently, it's Todoist and I love it so far. So mm -hmm. they did a really great job there. And other than that, I like to automate things with Zapier. <laughs> oh yeah. So that, that's not a secret anymore, I think, and not a hidden champion. And other than that, let's just look up because maybe I just use them and don't think anymore. But um, no, actually, not that I. Oh yeah, well, um, I use on on the Mac uh, mm -hmm. Better Touch tool, which is it's a great tool if you. You want like to arrange windows so i work on two monitors okay. but i always love to have like maybe two documents aside and with yeah. better touch tool you can configure like gestures where you say like if i tap on my touchpad on the top right then snap this window to the right and so it's really easy and quick to yeah yeah, yeah that's a nice window. one i'm trying to think I, I am a windows uh person so i'm trying to like display fusion i think is another one that does that. i'm not sure if that's cross yeah but, yeah i love that yeah, for sure splitting screens maybe unevenly if you want to have like a notepad file okay. and then yeah uh, that's a good one yeah cool um let's see uh i got a couple more we got time for a couple more questions um one of them is you know if we could go back in time let's say five years maybe you're getting started uh again with timular uh in any way whether it's team building um whether it's just productivity whether it's starting a business if you could go back in time and help yourself like what would you what would you tell yourself um, spend more time talking to users mm. so we actually did, did that a lot but still not enough I would still spend more time iterating and talking to users than we did um, we got distracted by rushing ourselves into getting the crowdfunding campaign off the ground as quickly as possible but I think it would have been better if we could uh, or we would have spent more time iterating over the whole thing. Gotcha. Um, yeah, is there anything that you would, uh, any tools or any methods that you would recommend for people uh, or frameworks for doing this? Or is it just one of those, like, just do what you can to, to talk to people and get real feedback? Mm, no, uh, I, what I would recommend is like, so the tool we use, it's, it's like Envision. Mm -hmm. So we make the designs and then we share those designs with people and say like, hey, if you would do this or this and this. Um, that, that really helps, but it's not just the tool. Like try to prototype the things as quickly as you can and then give it to people and let them use it and let them and watch them using it. And don't, don't ask for, okay, how should this look differently, but ask more for the why and the motivation and the problems. and so. I think the the best thing here is listening and asking good questions. Mm -hmm. And um, I think a good book I can recommend is like, um, it's Kaizen. One small step can change your life, uh, the Kaizen way. And I think that's a really great book I can recommend um, because it, it shows you um, how to ask the little questions. So because when you're iterating, you shouldn't iterate or I, I would say you should not integrate too many big things at a time, but only get like little by little step, get closer to what the users actually want and need. 
Gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, reminds me of something my father used to tell me. Uh, he was an airline pilot, uh, and so he would always say, you know, the way you get to your destination is you don't fly halfway there and then, you know, make a big yeah. turn. You're just making little corrections the whole way. So Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, that's totally. good. And this is good, too, because you led into the last question. So I'm going to make uh, this one might be uh, easier now or tougher for yeah. you. Uh, but is the last question. <laughs> what, what book uh, do you find yourself recommending to people the most right now? It could be any topic, uh, but business, productivity, anything like that. Um, oh, wow. That's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> you can have uh, more than one. I'll, I'll open it up. And I realize you just recommended the one small step. So um, I'll definitely mention that. But if there is there anything else you could think of? I think... The, the best thing is like, uh, or what I would recommend is like, don't take work too, 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 too seriously. Mm -hmm. So yeah, work is super important, but it's not the only thing in life. We spend a lot of time at work, and, uh, but take care of yourself outside of work as well. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, thank you yeah. well for a great interview. You know, um, I've got a lot out of this. I've got a ton of notes in front of me, so I've got some work to do on this. And I know everyone else uh, listening is going to get out of this uh, a lot. So I really appreciate uh, your time today. Uh, so where can people go or where should they go to find out more about you and, and what you're working on? Um, so if they want to find more about uh, what I'm working on, it's timeblur.com. And if they want to reach out to me for, for any further questions or details or any tips they still want to follow up on it's like mb at timelar.com all right i will definitely share that with everyone if they didn't listen to it and write it down uh, just now then uh, i'll put that in the show <laughs> notes and if you're listening you can find all that uh, below as, as well as everything else so thank you again and thank you everybody for listening yeah thank you for your time adam see you thanks for listening to this episode of the real world productivity podcast if you know someone that would enjoy this episode, please grab the link and send it via email, message, or whatever means works best. Now, if you're looking for more ways to increase your productivity, time management, and team building skills, be sure to go to productivity.academy resources to find out what tools, cheat sheets, and services can get you started and make the most impact right now. For those who want to make fast changes and want to save dozens of hours, I highly recommend joining the 14-Day Productivity Foundation Challenge at productivity.academy slash foundation challenge. This 14-day challenge takes minutes per day, but will help you develop or improve your daily review to get more done with less distractions and loss of focus. You'll also get over-the-shoulder directions for setting up an automation to save dozens of hours and the process for deciding what else you should automate and how to do it. And if you're serious about continuous improvement and you know that productivity, time management, and team building will impact every area of your personal and professional life, join us in the Growth Automation Membership. Find out more at productivity.academy slash join.